Hey guys, welcome back. This is Honey. Welcome to Real Unfiltered Sex Talk with Honey. Guys, I want to apologize for not being here. I told you that I have a lot of personal stuff going on and um, I do. <laughs> uh, I get here when I can. I'm going to spend 20 minutes or so with you today. I want to talk about some stuff. I'm going to get I'm going to get real personal and real with you, and I'm hoping that this will be a cautionary tell for somebody out there who needs to hear it, okay? Um, I want to remind you that uh, I love hearing from you, okay? Love hearing from you. Please, please contact me. Reach out at my email, um, honeyshive.com. 62 at gmail.com or my Twitter, Honey's Hive. And I will reply to you. Now, I have been telling you guys that I was going to be doing my next podcast on uh, on an email from a baby vixen. <laughs> That's what she calls herself. Baby vixen. Uh, but she has asked me to wait for a bit before I share her information, her, her um, email. So um, I'm going to do this this uh, episode in the meantime. Okay, so, all right, guys. So what I want to do, I want to, I want to give you a story. I want to tell you a story. And it is going to be a cautionary tale, I hope, for someone. And this story basically is how I got where I am today which is not in a great place. <laughs> it's not a great place at all. And if I had done things differently, I wouldn't be where I am right now. I mean, in some respects. So I'm going to give you some backstory, and then I'm going to bring you up to date to how we got where we are today. Uh, so sit back, get yourself a cup of coffee, a cup of tea, some popcorn. There's a lot of drama. You might need popcorn. And, uh, yeah, here we go. So, um, I got married in 2000. And as you guys know, if you listen to my podcast, and if you know me somewhat, you know that I, I tend to be a very homebody kind of person. I love taking care of my family. I love taking care of my husband. I um, enjoy every aspect of making a man happy. It's just who I am. I enjoy cooking for him. I enjoy making his home a home, whatever that means to him. And I enjoy um, making sure that he is sexually satisfied. And if that, whatever that means, um, I am a realist and I understand that over time things change. And I try to be very aware of that. I try to change with the times. I try to be intuitive to him, uh, pay attention to him, uh, understand when he's hurting or he needs something, even if it's not me. And I try to help him achieve whatever he needs. I am his biggest cheerleader and I, um, I, I love him. I love him and I am loyal. And I'm also the kind of person that if I haven't, if, if I didn't make it clear, um, if he got bored, which I know, I know, I think men get bored quicker in relationships than women do. 
and um, that that is not good or bad. It, it is just what it is, and I am the kind of person who I want to, you know, I want to fix that. I want to help that. I would like to help you cure your boredom. And if that means that we need to experience new things, whether it's sexual or non-sexual, I want to try to do that. I want to try to make that happen for you because I want to be a part of your life because that's who I am. And so that that's the kind of partner I was. Now, fast forward to 2012. And I, and I'm, I'm going to give you a lot of information here. I know I've alluded to things over the past. I'm laying it all out here. So this is a little bit of a story, okay? Because I'm giving you, I'm going to give you details. So in 2012, I was a realtor and I was on my way to a meeting. Um, nothing was different in my marriage. Uh, everything was fine. I was, I was a realtor. I was busy, but I was still doing everything at home. Um, I was, you know, everything was pretty status quo, taking care of everything and also homeschooling my son. So I was doing all that and, um, you know, still very aware of my husband and making sure that I still encouraged him and let him know that, that he's uppermost in my thoughts, blah, 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 all that. And, um, so one morning I was on my way to a meeting and I had to come back into the house and grab my computer. So I sit down at the table to you know unplug it and un log off and everything. And I, I noticed that the, the computer is, there's a chat open and it's, it's moving, you know, somebody is actively chatting. And so of course it catches my attention because who's, who's chatting and I, I'm reading the chat and it's, it's two people who are obviously, you know, like in love and um, kind of hot and heavy. And um, <laughs> it takes me a minute or two to realize that I'm, I'm seeing my husband chatting with a woman. And um, I, I didn't, I didn't sit and read it as long as I should have. And that's one thing I would tell you, if you find yourself in this kind of situation, do not react and interject into the, into the messaging. Let them hang themselves. <laughs> you need as much information as you can get because the one thing that a, a person is going to do if you don't have a lot of information is they're going to gaslight you. They're going to try to convince you you didn't see what you saw. So uh, I will tell you, sit back and just keep reading until, until they stop. Get as much information as you can. I didn't. I got enough information to know what I know. You know, he, he told her he loved her. She said she loved him. Um, he told her that he wished that they were married. He wished that he had married her instead of me. And she, you know, so it was back and forth, um, a lot of professing of love and desire and wanting each other right now. Um, and then I interjected into the conversation. And I, I don't remember what I said, but, you know, I said something like, um, hello, you know, or um, who are you talking to or something? And both of them just, boom, disappeared. Or no, he said, he said, um, I think she said, who's that? And I think he said, oh my God, that's my wife. <laughs> and they both disappeared. Um, although I think they said goodbye before they disappeared. And so then my phone started ringing and it was him. And I'm just like, no, no. And he was scared to death. You could hear it in his voice. And, and he, he immediately started trying to, trying to say something. I don't even remember what, 
And I'm just, no, no, I know what I saw. Don't, don't start with me. I need time. Leave me alone. And so I went to my meeting and I came home and I, my first inclination was to pack a bag and leave. You know, we had plenty of money in the bank. I was just going to go to a hotel and just stay there until I could sort my thoughts out. And then I thought, well, no, I'm not leaving. And so I stayed and he came home and, you know, and I needed time. And basically what, what ended up happening is I told him, I've thought about it and I was going to ask you to leave, but well, I told him I was going to leave. And then I decided I shouldn't, but I was going to ask you to leave, but I don't want the kids or my parents to know what you did. And, and, and I did ask him, you know, who was it? And he told me, and she was someone that he's known for a long time. He was friends with her and her husband, him and his ex-wife were friends with her and her husband. She had moved, they had moved to North Carolina, but of course she has family in, in Indy, so she was back and forth. And so I asked him if, if they had made it physical or if it was just emotional, and he wouldn't answer me. And to this day, he's never answered me. Um, and I even told him at one point, well, many times I, I told him, if you do not tell me you didn't sleep with her, I have to assume you did. You, ha you, you know that, right? And he knew that, and he still wouldn't answer me. To me, that says, uh, that's a no-brainer. It's like, obviously, he slept with her, and he couldn't bring himself to say it. Um, so that pretty much destroyed my life. And I dealt with it. I dealt with it. I stayed. I didn't. I did not treat him like trash, but I didn't talk to him much. I still cooked and cleaned. You know, I still did everything that I do. I just didn't interact with him much. Um, and... Uh, but but I had chose to stay, so I didn't ostracize him. And I told him I was going to do the best I could to not treat him poorly, but it was going to take me time to actually like him again. And um, things were sort of moving in a forward way. And then one night, see, one of the things that he, he did a lot while he was having this thing with her was he would stay up late and he would stay upstairs and he would um, talk to her. Um, I'm assuming they would talk and sext and, you know, maybe video chat. I don't know. And so one night I woke up, and this was about six months after the initial uh, event. And he wasn't there, and it was late at night. And so I came upstairs, and I, I as soon as I walked into the living room, he hid his phone. He just put it down. And I'm like, are you serious? And he starts trying to make excuses. I'm like, what? I walk upstairs and you hide it. I know what's going on. I'm like, how, how can you be doing something, whatever it is, so soon? You swore never again. You swore that you, how? And it ended up, it was just porn. But what bothered me, and I did tell him this, I said, what bothers me is you would rather sit up here in the middle of the night watching porn and that's what he says he was doing. I don't know. And I told him, part of the problem is you're not honest with me about anything. So I don't know if it's just porn or if you're talking to her again. I don't know anything. And um, I have no reason to trust you or believe you because you won't tell me. And so, um, and, and I told him that. And I, I said, I said, you, that's it. That's it. I'm done. This marriage is over. And, and I said, I, I'm not, I'm still not divorcing you. If you want to get a divorce, I understand. I will do the best I can to, to stay here and, and have a marriage 
for the sake of the kids, you know, for the sake of the family, I'm going to do that. And our kids were grown up, but we had grandkids and, and we were very, very involved with the whole family. And, and I'll be honest, I didn't want them to know what he had done. They all adored him so much. I couldn't handle them thinking that way about him. And I know you probably think that's crazy, but it, it is what it is. It's just how I work. The, the thought of, of them being crushed by who he is and, and even the thought of him being crushed by them knowing who he is. It hurt me so much to think about. I couldn't do it. And so I made the decision to stay. And, and we had from 2012 until um, 2021, actually probably 2020, right, right when COVID hit, the marriage was okay. You know, it wasn't horrible. Um, the sex wasn't great. Uh, but the sex had never been great since, since I always had to initiate everything. Um, and I'm a, I'm a, you all know my sex drive is high. Uh, so, so being in a relationship where, when I'm with somebody who, who doesn't know how to make me feel like he desires me, he doesn't, he's so scared of his own shadow, which is what makes it funny that he had an affair. It's like, how could someone like him have an affair? Because he always felt unworthy of me. He always felt uh, like I would reject him, which I never had. And I used to talk to him and say, how can you, how can you be afraid of rejection when all I do is want you? <laughs> it, 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 it does not compute. It makes no sense. And he knew that, but he wouldn't stop. So, so nothing was wonderful. And I hadn't been kissed in probably at this point, we'd been married 20 years it had been a good 15 years since I'd had a passionate kiss. Now, he did try after he cheated. He tried to get us back on track. And I give him an A for effort. But I will tell you right now, and this is terrible, but I hated kissing him. And I know it had to do with how I felt about him. I hated it. And so I, I, put, I, I wanted him to stop doing that. But he did try. Um, so anyway, in 2020... I started doing my online stuff and, and, and developing this whole side of my sexuality. And I started learning that there are a lot of men out there who would love to kiss me and who would love to make me feel good, you know, sexually and just as a person. And as I started realizing this, I started realizing what a mistake I had made in staying in this relationship. And so then he started acting out and he started really acting like a, an ass. And I, I stayed with him while he did that for about close to a year. In 2020, he started doing that, just acting like an ass about all kinds of things, everything. He even started tracking my phone to see where I was going because he knew I was changing. I was becoming very confident. I was becoming very outgoing. I was doing the cam work. He knew something was going on. Now, I was not cheating, and I never did cheat, but he knew that I was changing mentally, and so he was scared, and he starts tracking my phone and, and questioning everything I did, and I couldn't take it. All I could think was, this man who did what he did is now treating me like this, and I'm not even doing anything. So one day, I just blew up, and I told him, it's over, and I told him, I, I had warned him, 
I've warned him over the years that when I am done with something, when I am done with someone, when you push me so far, I can't go back. And that's where he had pushed me. He had pushed me enough, enough that I finally was over it. And I never looked back. It's been two and a half years, and I never once thought, felt I made a mistake. I never once regretted my decision. That's just who I am. When I'm done with you, I'm done with you. It's like I have a switch, and I flip that switch. And when I flip that switch off, I turn my feelings off for you, and I can't go back. And that's what I did. And I warned him that I'm that kind of personality. He knew. And we talk about it. And I tell him, you know, while we were married, I gave you a roadmap. And I told you exactly what would make me happy. And I'm not a superficial person. You don't make me happy with things. You make me happy with actions and words. You make me happy by loving me and desiring me and wanting me. That, you know, and appreciating me. That's how you, that's, that's how you keep me. That's, that's how you keep me. And I told him he knew that and he refused to do it. And then I, I warned him about this, you know, switch that I have. And, and he did it anyway. So now it's over. And I started um, dating and we had a conversation and I, I told him, you know, now that it's over, um, I, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to offer you this opportunity. You do not need to take it. And I totally understand if you don't want to, but I don't want to get a divorce because my parents are older and they've been through a lot and I don't want them to worry about me or you in the last years of their life. So do you want to just live here together and just allow them to believe we're together? Or do you want to go get a divorce? And he said, no, I, I'll try that because that, that does, that's what I would prefer. I don't want to hurt them. And I said, okay, well, you know, me too. And, um, and for, so for two and a half years, I have not had a problem doing that. I've dated, um, and, and I've dated successfully one man for the, almost the entire time. Uh, I've, I've traveled with him. I've, um, spent a lot of time with him and, and I have, it's been inconvenient for me, not really inconvenient for the guy I was dating because his life was sort of, you know, um, odd anyway, as far as time goes. So it fit with him. For me, it was very inconvenient, but I was really happy to do it. I was doing it for my parents and it got me time with this man which I was very much enjoying. And, um, you know, and I told, I told my ex when I was dating and I told him who I was dating. And then I told him that I was preferring to date a married man. I don't want someone who's romantically involved with his wife. I want someone like us who for whatever reason can't get divorced. And there are a lot of people like that, but it's usually for finances, not for my reason. But whatever the case, I wanted a man who would tell me, yes, I am married, we're not together. And this guy was physically apart from his wife by like a thousand miles all the time. He would go back and see her occasionally because he still had, yeah, they were still married and they did have things to do. Um, and then he'd come back. So, so I asked my husband, I said, do you think that's cheating? And he, at first he said, yeah, I do. And, and, and I'm like, really? Okay. Um, I said, and then he thought about it for about 10 minutes. We were driving and he said, you know what? I don't, I don't. You're telling me about it and we're not together and you're being all upfront about everything. So no, it's not cheating. We're, we're, we're over. We're only still married 
due to circumstances. But for all intents and purposes, we are not together. So it's not cheating. And I said, well, I'm glad you said that because it's not like I needed your blessing, but it does make me feel better to know that you don't feel like I'm cheating on you because I don't think I'm cheating on you. And so we proceeded. We, we proceeded and we stayed that way for two and a half years. Now, you're probably saying, what a mistake dating a married man. But as I said, I looked for a man who was not romantically involved and preferably doesn't live with his wife. I found that in this man. And I do know, I understand that took me to believe what he told me. And I understood the risk and I accepted the risk that he could be lying to me. Wouldn't be the first time I'm lied to. Um, but it, it is what it is. So two and a half years later, and my husband has not wanted to date at all. But about a month and a half ago, he comes to me and he says, I think I do want to go on a date. I think I found somebody. I'm like, okay, that's great. And I encouraged him and I told him that's wonderful. And we talked about it and I said, you know, good. And then as he's getting up to leave, I'm, I'm like, but I do want to caution you. And I told him, I know how you are. You are someone who will meet somebody, decide that, um, because he doesn't want to be alone, decide that um, she's the only one and the next one, and you're going to want to leave and you're going to want a divorce. And just don't forget, you made a promise to my, to basically to my parents. It was to me, but it was for my parents to be here until they pass away and to allow them to believe we're married. So... I'm just telling you, I think you're going to put yourself in a position where you're going to break that promise. And I think it will, I think it will be bad. I mean, I know it'll be bad from my family's point of view, but I think it'll be bad for you. But if you think that you can do this, then go ahead. And he said, well, you've given me a lot to think about. Well, he went ahead and started dating. Uh, he started dating and then my dad was diagnosed with aggressive uh, high-end prostate cancer, moving very fast. It spread to <laughs> lots of organs. And he just had a CAT scan today. It may have gone into his lungs. So so it's spreading fast. Um, and this hasn't been an easy journey. It's been hard. It's getting harder by the day. Uh, and I mean, this is like serious, serious, serious. My, I have uh, kids who are actually moving from Illinois and moving in with us uh, until my mother passes. So for the foreseeable future, permanent. So it's a very serious situation. And what happens? My ex comes in right after my dad was diagnosed. And he says, I have something to talk to you about. And it's, it's, it's not, it's not easy. I'm like, go ahead. He said, um, how hard would it be to get a divorce? And do you think we could do it without lawyers? And I smiled and I'm like, look, I told you, you could have a divorce whenever you want it. I don't want to be married to you. So I would say, yes, we could do it without lawyers. And all you have to do is get our finances in order. I'll get all the debt in order. You get all the, you know, the, the information on the 401, the pension. And we talked about everything. He's like, yeah, I'll do this for you and this for you. And you do this for me. And, and we hashed it out very easily. And I'm like, see, it's, it'll be easy. We do not, we don't have any assets that we need a lawyer. Okay. He gets up to leave and I said, but I do have to say this, okay? He's like, yeah. I said, you're a piece of shit. He said, you had two and a half years to do this. You wait until my father has been diagnosed with cancer and you do this. I told you you would do this and you did it anyway. 
I don't know how you can live with yourself. And I read him the riot act. I was pissed. And, you know, first I wanted to encourage him that he knew I, I want the divorce and it's okay. But then I wasn't not going to be honest. So a couple days later, everybody in my life that I talked to is saying, it's the woman, it's the woman. She's put an ultimatum to him. So he comes home and I said, hey, can I ask you a question? And I said, um, did she tell you that she wanted you to get divorced right away or did she tell you she just wants you to get the ball rolling? And he laughed and started to deny that it was her. And I looked at him and I said, don't even, don't even, don't, don't tell me it wasn't her. I said, did, she, does she want the divorce or does she just want you to get the ball rolling? And he said, just get the ball rolling. See, I, he was going to lie to me. He was going to fucking lie to me. But he admitted it, that it was her. And I, and, and I said, okay, can I ask you, does she know the promise that you made to us, to me? And does she know my dad got diagnosed with cancer? And he said, yeah. And all I said was, you picked a real winner, didn't you? And that was it. Now, since then, because that's all I said on it. But since then, my daughter, has, she's very upset about the whole thing. She's the only one that knows everything. And she said he needs to, he needs to get out. The first thing she said is, did you kick him out? I'm like, no. He needs to stay until the finances are figured out. Well, he needs to go. I don't want him there when I get there because she's visiting. And then she finally, she's like, fine, he can stay, but he better stay away from me. And you better tell him. So I did go to tell him. And I, and when I told him, I totally lost it on him. And, and I did it again. You know, I just told him, I don't know how you and her will be able to sleep at night knowing that you did this because and the reason that, that I kind of lost it on him was this was just last week and my son had come to visit and that night my son and I had to go through my dad's belongings. My dad had given us information we needed to find everything. So it got really real, you know. We had to find all his pension stuff, all his uh, uh, life insurance stuff and and, and we, found, we found where he had printed out information on how after he's gone how to, you know, file uh, for the Navy and pension and Social Security, you know, all this personal stuff. So I had that all fresh on my mind, and I just unloaded on him and told him what a piece of crap he is. And, I, and the first thing I said is, you need to get out. You need to get out. My family needs you out, and I'm telling them everything. And, and, and I was furious. And I said that she's a piece of shit, you're a piece of shit, everybody's a piece of shit. And I said, and you know what? And I had just told this to my daughter. I said, this all could have been avoided. And here's the cautionary tale, guys. It took 26 minutes for me to get to the cautionary part. Here it is. The moral of the story. If I had not tried to protect my family in 2012 from knowing what he did, we would not be in the position we're in today. We would not be in this position where my family is going to be destroyed by what he does because he's picking a woman that he barely knows over their dying grandfather and father or husband. That could have been avoided if I would have divorced him like I should have in the beginning. If you're betrayed to the extent that he betrayed me and then they do it again six months later, divorce their ass. I don't care who it is. Don't stay. 
divorce them. I understand if you can't. See, I could. I just didn't because I was protecting my family. 100%, I did it to protect them. Don't ever make decisions like that just to protect other people. Don't try to control situations. You let the situations happen the way they're meant to happen. I manipulated life in that moment. I made the decision that my family, I didn't want them to hear what he had done. I didn't want everybody to suffer that pain. And now the pain that they are going through is tenfold to what they would have went through at the time. Not only that, but he could have still maintained a relationship with the kids because they would have forgiven the infidelity. What they won't forgive is him choosing this woman over their dying grandfather. And I don't want my kids to hang on to bitter and anger and, and bitter anger and, and unforgiveness. I don't want them to, but I can't control what they do. And it's taken me this long and this much pain and suffering to understand you cannot manipulate what other people think or have to go through. Everybody has their road to walk or, or drive or whatever. You know, they have their path and you can't control how that path plays out. And my kids were meant in 2012, they were meant to hear what kind of person he was and to deal with a divorce. I, me, I created the mess that is happening now. And that could have been avoided. And there's your cautionary tale. I hope, <laughs> I hope that me pouring out my whole story to you, I hope for somebody, I hope there's somebody out there listening to this that maybe is going through something similar at the moment and having to make decisions and wanting to protect people. Don't, don't protect people you love from the pain they have to go through because it will come back somewhere at some time a lot worse. I promise you that is something that will probably happen. It will backfire. It won't go right. Don't ever manipulate a situation to protect people's feelings. Just let it happen. I mean, I'm sure there's sometimes when it's on a much minor scale you know, I'm not talking about that. I told you the story. I'm talking about stuff like this. Don't do it, guys. Now, this is the longest podcast I've made. I apologize for it being so long. Uh, but I appreciate you listening. I hope it helps somebody. And um, I will talk to you later, guys. I'm also going to do a, a, a bedtime story. I hope today, if not today, tomorrow. So hang in there with me, guys. I love you. I am so appreciative that you guys are hanging in with me, even though my life is a freaking chaotic mess. Thank you. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.